Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. We hope The Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And The Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash theringer. It's the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark on yet another emergency podcast. It's that kind of week. Danny Kelly on the other line. Danny, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Um, just hanging in there, kind of doing the whole self-quarantine thing. How are you doing? You just told us you cut off. You have just stopped talking to people. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting off everyone. So this just is a nice little social break house. from you. Yeah. Uh, you are in Seattle. Well, I'm in the Seattle area, but yes, I'm not in Seattle proper. Okay. All, all is well, though. That is, that is the updates we've been getting from you. And I asked you last week how you were dealing with it. And you said it doesn't matter because you're just grinding tape anyway. <laughs> it's not a huge, huge effect on me because I'm already kind of a homebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, not being able to see anybody is definitely a weird thing. So, But it seems like people are taking it pretty well so far. I'll tell you who you're able to see in the last 24 hours. Chris Godwin. O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Ronald Jones. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense that Tom Brady will be joining. So Tom Brady, I don't know. This is not, he didn't exactly stun the world um, from as far as this week goes. I and mean, we kind of knew who the candidates were. But if you had said six, eight months ago, he'd be joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. I think we'd all be surprised. Um, <laughs> yeah, There's a football case for it. Robert Mays laid that out on the ringer.com today. Bruce Arians has coached a lot of good quarterbacks. He has coached them in some cases into their their later career. I mean, we saw what he was able to do. Carson Palmer. Let's let's leave that that the knee stuff aside for a second. Carson Palmer had a renaissance in, in Arizona that he did yeah. not have in Oakland. Okay, um, Carson Palmer was younger than Tom Brady is now, but but again, that's if you're just looking for how Bruce Arians treats quarterbacks, the short answer is he treats them well. Um, from a football standpoint, Danny Kelly. Mm-hmm. Take me through this. Was is this a a dream destination for Tom Brady? Is it a okay destination for Tom Brady? Is it going to work? When when you look at the Bucks and you look at the weapons and you look at the offense, look at offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, how do you rank this as far as just football destinations for Tom Brady? I think I've kind of come full circle on this. My initial reaction was that stylistically it was a strange fit. Like you can't have a more you can't have a, a stronger contrast in terms of styles than Jameis Winston and Tom Brady in terms of Winston's, you know, average depth of target was second yeah. best in the NFL last season, 10.9. Tom Brady's, meanwhile, was 26, was just a little bit behind Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Jacoby Brissett, if it gives you an idea of kind of yeah. the different yeah. styles of aggressiveness uh, and all that. I will say, I will say real quick, Pro Football Focus had this today. Bruce Arians' offense obviously goes from 10 to 20 yards down the field. They like to attack. Yeah. Brady is the highest graded quarterback on those throws over the last five seasons. Whether yeah. or not he can, yeah. that, that, whether or not that talent can age is another story. And we'll get to sort of the whether or not he's on the verge of a cliff or not in a second. But yeah, that, that, is, that is one little kind of piece to this. All right, keep going. Yeah. No, and, and that's what I was getting at is, is essentially, and then I kind of looked deeper into it. I looked at the offense. I looked at, um, you know, Mays wrote that great article, which kind of turned my it turned my mindset a little bit. And then mm-hmm. I, I read another good article by Doug Farrar at Touchdown Wire, and he mentioned he interviewed Carson good. Palmer back in the day. And Palmer was a huge, huge you know advocate for Arians, loves Arians, 
And the things he was saying about not necessarily like the style that Arians has, because he's been known for that no risk it, no biscuit thing, but um, which is just means lots and lots of aggressive downfield throws. But there's more to it than that. I think Arians over the years has made a reputation and, and his offense has been consistently good because he's so good at play sequencing, too. And, and from that for our uh, article, Palmer said it wasn't just the game plan. It was his timing. He was on point with his calls just when he was calling certain things. So. You know, it's 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 play sequencing. It's keeping defenses off um, balance. It's you know hitting them with screens, hitting them with the run game, hitting them with yep. deep shots. It's all that, and I think Brady can run that. You know, that's Brady's specialty is finding a weakness in a defense and exploiting it. Um, I don't think it's going to be the same style we saw with James Winston, obviously, where he's passing it down the field uh, more <laughs> than other, most to the people. Other team. <laughs> that too, it's going to be completely different ball game in that area. Um, so bottom line is, yeah, I've come around on the idea and it actually makes, you know, a lot of sense. I'm surprised it maybe wasn't a stronger candidate. Maybe Tampa Bay is just not at the front of anyone's minds. But I mean, yeah, you have two elite receivers in Evans and Godwin. Got a good, talented tight end who had a really bad season last year in OJ Howard. He has a lot of talent and, and potential, though, I think still. And I do think he's been overrated in this discussion. I think, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, 2,000 yard receivers, were both really talented. I know that there are there are questions about how much they benefited from just the aggression downfield with some of the numbers, but they're unquestionably two talented wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've been grouping OJ Howard in as sort of a big three, and I'm not (laughs) ready to do that with OJ Howard yet. Watch Cameron Brait be like the superstar tight end in that offense going forward now. But yeah, bottom line is I'm, I've come around on, I actually do think it's a good fit. I mean, the odds for their Super Bowl have gone up immensely since he was signed. Their defense is underrated. I don't, I don't know if anyone's talking about their defense, you know, Outside of the last few days, because their defense ended up being way, way better last season than anyone expected. They're going in the right direction. Defense is, as you know, sort of not something that you can rely on year to year to translate. They were were 29th in points, but they they showed some signs of life. Yeah. In DVOA, I believe they were fifth, and I I think they finished maybe in third third or something like that in weighted, so they got better as the season go, went it's on. It's a little, and I will say this, I'm sure there's numbers that dispute this, but it's it's pretty hard to be an elite defense when your quarterback's throwing 30 interceptions. Yeah. There's, yeah some, exactly. there's some field position problems at some point. Exactly. So, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's absolutely bizarre to me to, to think about Brady. In a Buccaneers uniform. By the way, we don't actually know what the Buccaneers uniforms look like yet because they're changing. I've seen their some uniforms. mock-ups. They look pretty nice. Yeah, I, I, they're to me. Okay, so this is a total tangent, but the best uniforms are the simplest ones to me, and that's one of the reasons the current Buccaneers, with all their weird piping and everything all over the place in different colors, are terrible. But the new ones, according to what we've seen on the internet, are just basically, you know, the the just two colors like the jersey's one color and the pants are another color with one stripe which is it's just it it appeals to the classicist in me in terms of old school uniforms where it's just like one color i just love that so john ewing had this today that brady and the bucks are now plus 1600 to win the super bowl it's the first time that brady has had a super bowl odds of over 15 plus 1500 since 2003 <laughs> crazy Okay, I mean, and and by the way, obviously, they've every time he started for the Patriots for a full season, he's won the division, all that stuff. Yeah, from a schedule standpoint, it's interesting to me. I mean, Drew Brees is in that division. Um, the Falcons are okay. The Panthers are kind of. I'm not really sure what direction they're heading in. They they cut Eric Reed today, but then they signed Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. I'm not sure. I mean, for, 
I think I think that this is a Bucks Saints showdown. Am I wrong? I would say it feels like the Panthers are sort of in a not rebuilding necessarily, but transitioning. TBD. They're TBD for me. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't sleep on the Falcons. Neither would I. I'm trying to talk myself into the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. was on last week, and he's a a Falcons head this year. (laughs) He's on the train. I mean, the Falcons Falcons have the offense to just, they can shred people. I I believe that their offense can be very good still. Um, The defense, on the other hand, is just a big question mark, so we'll see. But I don't know. That's going to be a very, very interesting division now. I think those are those three teams that absolutely have a chance of kind of it's like almost like the NFC South or the AFC South a little bit where you just look at it and you're like, I don't know exactly who the who the best team is here. AFC South and the NFC South are always just complete stayaways <laughs> from yeah. thinking you know anything about football. So I want to talk about this real quick. So I keep thinking about this Kevin Cole piece from Pro Football Focus that he wrote later in the season about kind of how the old quarterbacks were aging. And essentially the things he said, and he used some Scott Barrett uh, data as well, mm-hmm. that basically there are no indicators of impending collapse for old quarterbacks. It's a cliff. It's a literal statistical cliff. And then wow. one day you have it and one day you don't. I guess it's not a literal cliff. But um, it is, it, it's one day you are, you can be Peyton Manning 2013 and then you can, you cannot be anymore one day. Uh, or 2014 when he was still productive and then the next year he just was, you know, he gets he picks up a couple injuries. You know, I talked we talked about this on Bill Simmons podcast a couple weeks ago where basically it's not just the aging curve, it's you know, you get an injury that you can't recover from and right. all of a sudden everything right. changes that kind of thing. Um we've seen that with a lot of guys and Tom Brady was okay last year and he's the type of quarterback who with his pedigree and his production last year, I understand why you would take a chance to give him $30 million. What are the percentages that Tom Brady is Tom Brady this year for you versus what are the percentages that he, he is 43 years old and at some point he becomes human? Oh, I don't know. I'd say maybe like 70, 30 that he'll stay something similar to what we saw last year. And then 30% like, you just never know. Yeah. Like I, that would be my, that would be my that would be my guess yeah. is that he has a pretty good year like he did last year. Um, you know, listen, passer rating is not all that important, but uh, it's kind of a good guide to how he was. It was eighty eight last year, which was his lowest number I think six years. Mm-hmm. And I, but it, it's still that's still fine. And you know, he didn't have he had no one to throw to. He had right. Edelman. That's um, a huge. You factor. lose Gronk. I mean, you you upgrade the weapons, and all of a sudden things start looking differently for you. And so I think there's a there's a real case to be made that he's going to be pretty good this year. You know, the, he's always yeah. said, I haven't heard this lately, but the book on him for a long time was that he wanted to play until he was 46. That's based on some of the sort of coaching metrics that he's had privately. Essentially, you know, the thing I always heard was that Nolan Ryan threw until he was 46 and was fine. And the throwing motion can stay intact. So if you if you can have the intellect and sort of know where to go, as long as you have the arm, mm-hmm. presumably you could keep it going. Right. But if, uh, there are, there's a lot of data that shows that the, every time Tom Brady throws a ball, he's basically breaking a record, right? Like it's just him and <laughs> right. Warren moon. When you yeah. start to look at these guys and it's like, there's just not a lot of guys who are here. And so you can say, Hey, there's a reason for that. And quarterbacks just don't age that well, or B, this is a new generation of guys who took care of their body and guys who came in with with modern medicine and sort of had the plan to play for over two decades and that things are going to be different. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, yeah. I, the same thing plays out with Drew Brees. Uh, will 
will Patrick Mahomes be playing 20 years from now? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it just depends whether or not the way guys take care of their bodies and the way these guys protect their careers can outweigh father time. Yeah. The one thing I'm kind of curious about is, when it comes to the age curve and all that is a lot of the times you see guys start to trail off as the season goes on. I mean, we've seen that yeah, with, with arm Drew strength Brees. Thing, definitely. So I'm curious, like, you know, obviously some of these might be just looking at the whole season in general. Like, some, like oh, his season looked fine, but like Drew Brees last year kind of fell off mm-hmm. towards the end and his overall season stats were okay and everything, but I'm wondering if if that will be something like a micro um, look at kind of the season, you know, looking at it like like a quarterly or whatever. Like I would say the one argument against against Brady tailing off is that he won the Super Bowl 14 months ago, 13 months ago. <laughs> right. So I mean, I, right. I I that's that's kind of fresh in my in my mind. Um, and yeah. so I listen. I, I this is all very weird. I still haven't been able to process it. Quite frankly, no. It's it's also kind of a weird time for this to happen because there's a global pandemic happening. Yes. So I don't know if you've heard <laughs> that about <too>. that. So <laughs> it's just a weird time. Everything for this is all to surreal. Break. Everything is Everything surreal is right really now. Everything is really surreal. And like, are there? What is there going to be? I I think this is a weird thing to sort of throw in there. But I, quite frankly, I mean, the off season programs were canceled. Yeah. Um, training camp is almost certainly the next time that teams will get together. There's going to be a lot of chemistry, mm. prob not problems, but you're going to have 16 training camp practices to get on the same page. And yeah, if anybody can do that, and if anybody can speed that up and replicate it, it's Tom Brady. Uh, but that is one thing that they're going to have to do work really hard on is is getting that offense down really quickly. Tom Brady's going to learn the offense, and he's probably already learned it in the in the 24 hours since he decided. He's fine. <laughs> he uploaded but it's more, it. Yeah. yeah, it's more about. Godwin and and Evans and Howard and Ronald Jones or whomever kind of learning the demands of playing with with Tom Brady because quite frankly they are demands. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's talk about Nick Foles for a second. He goes to Chicago. This is a fine idea. I mean, so the the word (laughs) now is that they were never serious about Cam Newton because of the health thing. I understand that Cam Newton's ceiling is obviously significantly higher than Nick Foles' ceiling. Um, but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Uh, he is, he's, we know how solid he can be and we know what kind of role he can play. And it, if he is healthy and he is, and he's healthier than Cam Newton, I think this was the move. I mean, this, this makes perfect sense in terms of what you were just saying too, because like when it comes to the comfort in a system and, and all the worries about that in this particular season, especially because of the, the threat of OTAs and all that getting put off. Foles is familiar with Nagy. He's familiar with the scheme. He, he He's played his best football, frankly, in his career when he's been an RPO-heavy offense, kind of the spread offense type thing, that the Bears, a, a version of what the Bears run. And so, like, to me, it's like, it makes a lot of sense schematically. He's going to hit the ground running relative. Um, so in terms of just giving Foles the best chance of having success, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, it makes a makes a ton of sense for Jacksonville who never felt like a great fit for him in the first place. And now they have Minshew to kind of develop there and, and see how that goes They get out from under his contract. The question I guess I have is we, I've seen a few people, I've seen different people debating this a little bit, whether Foles is the presumptive starter or is he's coming in and actually having a competition with Trubisky because he's yeah, okay. Okay. 
Yeah, let me stop you right there. <laughs> what, no, no matter this is a semantics <laughs> thing, terminology or whatever. Yeah, Foles is going to beat Mitch Trubisky in a, in a competition. Okay, cool. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're all set there. I mean, I that's that's definitely what I think. It's like it's like you know I'm how in college how football, you know how in college <laughs> football, everybody like the weekend before the big rivalry schedules like Central Carolina, and just like oh, we got to get through them to get to the the big game. <laughs> like that's that's scheduling a a a, a competition with Mitch Trubisky. They're going to be fine. Yeah, well, they're gonna be fine. R.I.P. Mitch. I guess that the era, the Mitch Trubisky era, then is over. It's kind of strange too. Is it? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little a bit lot strange. less strange than Tom Brady leaving the Patriots <laughs> after twenty years and six Super Bowls. If you were to told me six yeah, months those ago, are the exact same, if you were yeah. to told me that the Mitch Trubisky era was ending six months ago, I'd have gone, yeah, okay. If someone had told me Tom Brady was going to the Bucks six months ago, I'd say, okay, I have some follow up questions. All right, I, I, I have no follow up questions whatsoever on the Trubisky era ending. All right, Danny Kelly, uh, how the Seahawks doing? Uh, they haven't really done a whole lot in free agency. They got they they re-signed Jaron Reed, the defensive tackle. Other than that, they've been quiet. And this is Wednesday afternoon, so maybe we'll see what Jadavian Clowney does. Yeah, Jadavian Clowney's but. market is not what they thought it was going to be. It's a little lower, so maybe that Pete gets to to sneak him back on the roster. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, also, there was sort of the, these rumors this morning that Yannick Ngakwe is uh, in Seattle based on his story on Instagram. So we'll see if there's maybe a trade in the works for that. The, what it was? What is the evidence there? Uh, he had someone took a still from one of his Instagram stories of an airport, and it looked very much like the Seattle airport. Is he the I last not, guy? Is he the last guy just taking domestic commercial flights? I, why? Why the hell would you fly to Seattle right now? First of all, um, although I think right now isn't isn't it not even legal for teams to meet with players? I think I saw someone yeah, they saying can't, that they can't. They're not doing physicals right now. Got it. So maybe he just wants to hang out. I mean, I don't think anything you should, is open. You should break your social distancing <laughs> to go hang out with Yannick Ngakwe. Maybe he just wants to go on a hike or something. I don't he know. He wants to go on a hike. Okay, Danny <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much. What a great social distance podcast this has been. <laughs> thank you, man. We welcome in now from Massachusetts, where everyone is in mourning right now, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Kev? How are you doing today? Have you called into Boston Sports Talk Radio yet? I have not, actually. This is your equivalent of that. (laughs) I haven't been outside, but this will fill that void for me, Kev. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No, of course. We need something to distract us all. Uh, Bobby Wagner, our producer, we were just on Barry Bonds' baseball reference page for five minutes talking about his 2004 season. So that's where we are in life. And so Tom Brady and NFL Free Agency have have entertained us and given us content. Okay, so this is a sad day for you. So let's let's start from the top, okay? This is from ESPN's stats and info, and I can't get over it. Tom Brady has started 283 games in his career. He could start another 283, lose all of them, and still have a better winning percentage than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise. Jeez. That really puts it in perspective. <laughs> that that it does. So you were on Twitter yesterday, and we've talked about this a long uh, for a long time. You think Tom Brady still has gas in the tank? You think he's the, the the goat and will remain it? Give me the football case for Tom Brady remaining Tom Brady next year. Listen, Kev, you're right. We've been through this before. It happened last season, and of course, it didn't end well for Tom Brady. Final pass as a New England Patriot, being a pick six, not the way you want to end a career. However, we have seen throughout history 
these moments in Tom Brady's career. We saw in 06 when he's throw, throwing the ball to Rache Bug Eyes Caldwell, losing to the Colts in the AFC Championship game, questioning if he can still win with that franchise uh-huh. without the top-end defense. Comes back next year, has one of the greatest offensive seasons ever. Of course, they go 18-1, and one, but still ha- a historic year. Tears his ACL. Matt Castle goes 11-5. and five. The question in Boston sports media, at least, is should the Patriots build with Castle? Younger? Cheaper? Is this the way to go? Idiots. At what point... Tom Brady playing ahead of Ryan Mallett. Is he the guy who's going to take over for Tom Brady? Of course not. At one point after the loss to the Chiefs, on to Cincinnati. Has Tom Brady lost it? Should Jimmy Garoppolo replace him? Is Tom Brady getting old? No. Has won three Super Bowls. Right now, of course, understandably, Tom Brady at his age, it is fair to ask questions of his ability. However, I think you really still have to look at circumstances here and look at the receivers on last year's roster with their inability to get separation. And that is a necessity for any quarterback to have success. And I think when you look at Tom Brady alone, he still has shown the ability to fire accurate passes. He still has shown the ability to move within the pocket and extend a play. He still has shown that clutch ability that he has always had. I think Tom Brady with a new receiving core in Tampa Bay with a better offensive line with these weapons that he will now have is going to have another great season. And some of these conversations and questions and takes about him being washed are going to look end up looking incredibly silly next season. So I just want to take a step back here, both here, both on a pod earlier this week and on slow news day last week with Bill Simmons. Rache Caldwell just keeps catching strays. He stunk. <laughs> okay. Who has a better chance of being a legitimate contender in, in 2020? The Bucks or the Pats? The Bucks, because they have Tom Brady. Wow. And, and we're going to see the difference here because, look, I grew up a Patriots fan. I have watched every single Tom Brady game in my life. I've watched every single game he has played. And I am a Patriots fan, but I'm a bigger Tom Brady fan than I am a Patriots fan. Wow. And I think I think if you look if you look at the Patriots roster, you look at their losses. I agree. This year, major losses on the def- on the defensive end of the ball, and on offense, have not made any notable additions at all. If you look at their situation, and if you're Tom Brady, you're thinking, "What gives me the best chance to win my seventh Super Bowl?" I think you look at Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, AJ Howard, Cameron Brait. You look at these guys. You look at Tampa Bay's cap space. You look at the, the things that they can do. You're thinking, I can win here. I can carry this offense. And I can continue to prove the doubters wrong that have always questioned my ability all throughout my career. Even when he was winning Super Bowls, man. Even when he was winning Super Bowls, those debates were happening. How he's a game-managing quarterback. And that has proven not to be the case. And even now, those questions are still being asked, as they should be of any great player. All the GOATs got questioned. Michael Jordan got questioned. LeBron James always gets questioned today. That's how that the bar is just so high for these level of players. And I think Brady put himself in a better situation to continue winning at the highest level. Are you going to root for the Bucks this year, dude? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. I'm rooting for Tom Brady more so than I'll be rooting for the Bucks. I'm still... I was just talking with one of my best friends about this yesterday. As a Patriots fan, I feel more intrigue for the season ahead. You know, 
I think whether it's Stidham at quarterback or whether they make a different addition, I think I think it's a, I think they're going to add a veteran, but I think they're going to get weird. I think they're going to like experiment with the position a little bit. Interesting. Well, you know, you mean like maybe a quarterback with legs, like like a Taysom perhaps. Hill change of pace type guy. Ah, I mean, they've never been been afraid to obviously use guys on different sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, and change their playbook sure. uh, just because they think there's an inefficiency somewhere. Well, and even with Garoppolo, there was some different different plays they had in the playbook for when he was even in the game in preseason in his mm-hmm. years in New England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think internally in New England, they felt some optimism that he could be the guy. Obviously, that didn't work out, but I think he was sort of their vision of where they would like to take the offense. And Stidham can move around a little bit. Uh, so may- maybe if they do roll with him, we'll see some changes on the offense. But I mean, I, look, like, I-, I-, I think if this happened before Tom Brady won another Super Bowl I with the Patriots before winning his fourth Super Bowl, I'd feel heartbroken. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that loss to the New York Giants in 08 still hurts to this day. Uh, I was at the game in 08 later that year when he tore his ACL against the Chiefs, and I'll never forget that moment when that happened. And, and I think it would have been really heartbreaking had he not won another Super Bowl. And I, I probably sound like a little spoiled brat here, which I am as a Patriots fan. <laughs> but fact is, is that considering all the success, these 20 years that he played in New England, if you're unhappy, it's understandable as a fan, but it, it it's... I find I have a hard time finding any unhappiness today. Really, it's just joy for everything that happened. It's it's something that I'm going to look back on 25 years from now and think to myself, like, geez, boy, was I lucky to live through that through some real formative years of my life. Uh, boy, was I lucky to live through that is not what I'm going to be thinking about Tom Brady in 25 years. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that, something else that's going on right now. Can, can, um, Kev, uh, well, I have a qu- one question. Am yeah. I, when I talk about Brady's ability still mm-hmm. as a quarterback aside mm-hmm. from his receivers and ability to get open. When I talk about his accuracy and his ability to move within the pocket, where do you think my assessment is? My, am I being biased here or, or do I have something here? Cause I feel like I've watched <laughs> him so much. I've watched him so much that I feel like I have seen the changes throughout his career. And right now this last season, I personally did not see much change from him compared to the most recent years when he was winning Super Bowls. There was a little dip, but I think that the lack of weapons, I think that that can make anybody look mortal, quite frankly. You know, I mean, I Mm -hmm. think that even the best, even the best quarterbacks in football, um, they, you know, receivers, dominant receivers change football. They change the way the sport is played on the field. If you have one, I mean, we saw that with, as you talked about, from going to 06 to 07, where all of a sudden you have Welker and you have Randy Moss, and and literally they changed the sport because defenses had no idea how to defend them with an elite quarterback. And so I think the lack of weapons makes it pretty hard to judge what was going on last year. I think that as long as the the mechanics and the arm strength can remain in place, I think that every, that Tom Brady will have the intellect to get the ball where it needs to go. I mean, for God's sakes, I, I know it's ridiculous, but after four neck surgeries, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl basically unable to throw the ball. Um, yeah. and, and obviously that was because of an elite defense, but um, at, the, at the same time, like there, there, there are a lot of worse quarterbacks who would have looked even worse after four neck surgeries and unable to throw the ball. So I think football intellect is probably something that, that really helps you when your physical skills diminish. And he certainly has that. He says leadership. He has, you know, I, one of the things that I've learned in covering the NFL 
and it's something that I certainly didn't believe when I came into it is how much intangibles really do matter and how much leadership matters and even the little things. I mean, like Tom Brady throwing the ball. I remember Brendan LaFell telling me this, throwing the ball up into the air and it, before a, a sunny game to make sure that the receivers were used to looking at the sun. You know, doing little things yeah. like that to get players acclimated or like just the fact that he knew he would know everybody's name, which is not even all that common in NFL locker rooms where there's 80 guys, you know, put, you know, 53 guys plus a practice squad. Um, and then, I'll, you know, waiver wire guys every week or tryouts, whatever. I mean, there are a lot of people, 90 guys in, in training camp. Uh, Brady knew their names and Brady knew who these guys were and, and developed relationships with them. And that matters after a while. And I think that he's got that. And so I think if the physical capabilities can remain in place, I think he's got a fighting chance to at least be better than he was last year. And then, and then we'll see about the rest of the Bucks infrastructure. Um, sure. You're right. The chemistry aspect will be a big part, you know, even starting now, whatever the OTAs, <laughs> OTAs are canceled. So you're gonna have 16 training camp practices. I mean, they, they got to be breaking lockdown rules to work together <laughs> over the right. summer. <laughs> right. Brady will but, find a way. They, they will find a way. And I think to your, to your point about the ability, there's just two passes that come to mind that he made over the season that make me think he still has it. There's a touchdown that he threw scrambling towards his right back towards his left to James white for a touchdown towards the end of their game against the Texans, which I think was the game uh, right before the one we recorded with Bill Simmons back in December. And then there's another one that he had again, rolling through, uh, moving throughout the pocket, finding Harry in the back of the end zone, just the accuracy and velocity mm-hmm. and ability to go through his third, fourth read, even under pressure is still there. Um, so really I think the chemistry aspect will be the big variable here, but that's true for all 32 teams right now with obviously the, the, what's happening now in the world. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, give uh, give everybody the best, most productive thing you've done in quarantine so that they can do it too. Um, <laughs> I have not done anything super productive except, you know, spend some time with my mom, which Love I think it. I think in and of itself is a good thing. Um, so that, that that's productive. Spend time with your family. FaceTime with your loved ones if FaceTime you're not with, with them now. FaceTime your friends. FaceTime everybody. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm read I'm reading a lot of books. We're filming a slow news day later today. Oh. Speaking of FaceTime. Okay. The show so goes like, on. Nice. I'm digging it, man. So slow news day is not slowing down then. Uh I mean it's I I, I don't know if it will it will have a weekly pace, but it's certainly it certainly continues. We're doing it. We're doing it for live from the living room. I was thinking about having, because there's a number of ringer people who live within a couple of blocks of me, I was thinking about just having them come by my window, but it turns out <laughs> technologically, um, we don't have to do that. <laughs> like just getting like Justin Verrier or Kyle or I think you live kind of close to me and just getting them to come to the window and just doing a minute each. But it turns out we have Zoom capabilities, so we don't actually have to do that. I think that would be a good bit though. As long as this goes a long time, we're going to use every bit we can possibly muster. <laughs> Kevin O'Connor, thank you for joining us on this, uh, this, this Tom Brady day of morning. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it.